Everybody, my name is James D. Fiore, and this is Blackball. So sometimes <laughs> you find out something and you're like, oh my god. And that happened, um, I guess it would be like last Friday when uh, we were doing casual Fridays, and uh, or maybe it was the next day. I was all on shrooms. All I remember is being on shrooms and sending my next guest a, a track that, that I had done. And finding out then that he subsequently that he was a hip hop head. I was just I just did a quick segment with him, and I I, and I was totally honest with him. For the last four hours, uh, so I had a guest drop out, and so it happens all the time. And sometimes you can replace them, and then sometimes you can't. And so for the last four hours, I was trying to replace the guest. And all of a sudden, I was just like, wait a second. When we talked about hip hop on his show, it was like, oh my god, we could talk about this for hours. And I was like, hey, and the light bulb went above my head, which is why my next guest today is. Ray Ruth. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Thanks Good. for having From me. From the Who's Got Next podcast, I should say. Um, but yeah, is there a better cultural icebreaker than when two hip-hop heads find each other? <laughs> no. In a sea and, of rockers and electronic music fans, you know? like. And I find it really stupid that I never caught on that you were a hip-hop guy because I watch your show and I'm listening to your intro again today and I'm like, it's all the signs are there that you're a hip hop dude, but uh, yeah, and then Except it's the always fashion and the, uh, the I guess the way I talk. I don't know the way I talk. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I always, you know, I don't know. I just always knew you as the political guy, right? So I never like we don't even anytime you and I are on a show together, music never really becomes a subject, right? It's always Ford this or Rogan that or whatever. So or uh, or we, you know what we talk about a lot how we don't talk about Christianity. <laughs> yes that but when you uh when you sent me the you sent me the two tracks and like i said i was telling you on my show my wife and i listened because she's a big hip-hop head too and we were like i was like this is amazing and then when you came on my show my whole intentions was just to ask you about your tracks what was your inspiration you start dropping names the next thing i know we're just dissecting hip-hop so it's and that's what happens when two hip-hop heads get together yeah well you know what it also um Really, I'm not doing any some sort of launch or anything. So I'm making a 32-track album. It's going to grow probably by the time I actually get to a studio. I, I want to take like a week and find a studio. And I actually found one. Um, I, I, you know, I have a, a sort of like, whenever you can make it happen, we'll see if we can make it happen on our end and come on down. Like it's one of those situations, but it's so far away. <laughs> and I don't okay. But I, but I have like... 32 tracks right now and um it's really just meant for my kids like right. I, i'd release it because just to see what would happen or whatever but i wouldn't like put a marketing plan behind it and a budget you know i would just release the music you know like i, I just do it like that well i'll hype maybe i'd release 10 and if people like it then i'll find a way to make money off the rest of it no, well i like the two you sent me so i would i would sell the shit out of it for you and what i like about you is in the two at least the two tracks that you sent me uh, the one thing I didn't say on my show, which I probably should have, is you can you can tell when a lyricist writes genuine lyrics to when it's bullshit. You know, like uh, I, I I know like a guy, laundry list MCs we used to call them. 
Yeah, like that just like they just they just write words and like you swear, but you don't swear as a filler. Like there's people uh I knew this hip hop artist in uh out of Rexdale, his name was Georgie Porgy. Uh sick sick lyricist. Hey, do you guys like do you guys like De La Soul and Trap Call Quest? <laughs> I know exactly who Georgie Porgy is. Man. You know Georgie Porgy. So he of didn't course. swear, he was all about clean hip hop, and he used to always tell me that if you have to say fuck it a hip hop song and I I swore when I rap and he used to always say to me if you got to say fuck it's cuz you don't know how you don't know what to say he's like so you yeah. just throw fuck in there look, look stole- what he was selling in Kensington Market I dude I yeah. used to live right on the top of Kensington Market I would see him like I saw Georgie Porgy for like a period of 3 years probably okay. like four times a week just just running into him that's cuz he lived he, and he was always on the corner in Kensington or walking around with a bag full of CDs selling his CDs selling yeah. a CD and his line was do you guys like a hip hop artist like Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul and yes. and and so that makes sense because they didn't really swear all that much they did here and there but it was hardly at all you know we're like, trying to prove we're trying to prove that hip hop is clean we're trying to prove that people can flow without swear I remember his whole pitch too right say all yeah. six foot eight of them or whatever he was yeah. going on some yeah. of stuff yeah so him and I used to talk about hip hop all the time and and what I liked about your stuff and my wife and I were both saying this is when you swore you didn't say it as a filler. Like there's guys that are, are spitting tracks and I'm not going to rap for you, but there's guys that are spitting tracks and all of a sudden they just say fuck for the sake of it. You know what I mean? And it's like, you didn't know how to end that. You didn't know how to transition from that lyric to the next. So you just put fuck because that was the break. Right. And that's what, that's what Georgie Port used to tell me all the time. Lyricists yeah. that just swear to swear, don't know how to transition or that just swear the end or scream the N word. It's a you know crutch. I mean? Yeah, it is. It's, it's a, exactly what it is. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of rappers have that. Um, a lot of rappers have crutches that are like different, like, cause when I'm on the mic is, it's sort of like freestyles crutch, right? Like when you're trying to freestyle, like, you know, <laughs> that, that you end up saying stuff like that. But yeah, I didn't, I never really liked this fucking, you know, like th- those kinds of whatevers. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah. It has to mean something. Otherwise what's the point? Like it could be the frustration of what you're saying it doesn't have to be like a literal thing or it could be the literal thing right you know it's it's just you know it, but it should be used sparingly i think <laughs> right well it could be used sparingly or use ice cubes a prime example of a guy who doesn't use it sparingly uses it a lot but you know he doesn't use swearing as a crutch like it's a part of his right, lyric, right? sometimes and, for some rappers the n-word is a crutch oh it's a huge huge crutch yeah. um I'm gonna. I, I know it's like, weird to white guys saying this, but it, it's, it's. I feel like we have a guest pass at least to, to be able to say this because, like, I, I don't know about you, but I like. Well, I know about you. Like now, I do. Like we're both hip hop heads. Like, like you can't. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, the, and there are artists like I remember Too Short. I felt like used it as a crutch. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a guy who used it, who swore as a crutch, used that word as a crutch. He's probably known as one of the top ten rappers of all time. I love him. God bless his soul. Love his music. DMX used crutches all the time. He's a top of- ten for you, really? In my opinion, he's a top ten. I love DMX. I, I, I by the way, I, I should have said before. I I, I kind of hate that. I, I have a new. <laughs> it's really annoying, actually, because it's annoying not only to me but to others. I I have a new mantra ish kind of thing in my head. It's not actually a mantra, but I think of it all the time. Where anyone's where where they where people try to get you to tell you what your favorite thing is. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, why do we have to rank everything? Why can't things just be different from one another? And we don't really put them in rankings so that I can go to a different fucking restaurant without anyone asking, did you like it as much as this place? And it's just like, it was different. Well, you know, I feel that way about rappers too. Like, I'm a real, I'm not a huge fan of gin, but, um, I'm, but you know, who's the best MC? Ain't no best. Top five dead or alive. There ain't no best. Like, and it's like, yes, that's true. <laughs> 
Well, and my my wife will often tell you that if you ask whatever day you could ask me the same question every day. If you could ask you ask me what's your favorite song of all time, I will give you a different answer every single day. Like it all just depends on the mood yeah. I'm in. If I'm in a, like a really poppy mood, um, this is gonna sound weird based on the conversation we're having. But one of the uh -oh. guys that I love because it, to me it's just my happy when I'm in a happy happy mood. I love Flowrider. No, oh. Flowrider is my guy. When I'm like in a peppy pot, like he's that. I, I call him. I call him pop hip hop. You know what I mean? Like it's like a pop rap. I interviewed um, Flowrider in Miami once. Did you on camera for my and I and it's in my documentary actually too? Um, he was doing a CD release party in 2009. Is he a good guy? I want to believe he's a good guy. I mean, it's hard to tell from like, you know, just like a quick conversation, but his mom was there, right? I met his okay. mom. Um, Flavor Flav was there. I met him. I interviewed him. So it's kind of, it was interesting because I didn't like his music at all. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it was just when digital sales were really starting to like happen for artists a little bit. And, um, you know, and he had sold like in his first week, like 400,000 copies or something. So it was like, okay. he was a big artist at the time, but hey, we all have like, we all have, well, I don't know if I do, but no, I'm sure I do. I'm sure I have some, who do I like that no one else seems to like? <laughs> well, when you're thinking about, I'll tell you a quick story about Flow Rider. Yeah, please. Yeah. So the last concert I went to before COVID was Flow Rider, TLC, and Nelly. And I really only wanted to go there for. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, re I only wanted to go there for Flow Rider. Like I really didn't want to see anybody else, you know. And I couldn't get anybody to go with me. Nobody would go to the. <laughs> I finally convinced my wife to come oh, and so my funny. and my sister. So I finally convinced my wife. I was calling my boys and I was like, "Yo, you want?" I'm like, "I'll buy the tickets." They're like, "No." They're like, "That's the corniest shit I ever heard." We're not going to that concert. And the funniest part was Flo Rida opened the show and banged out his set. And I looked at my wife. I'm like, hey, we can go I home. hate Nelly almost more than Nelly would definitely be in my top five for rappers I hate the most. But so yeah. and Nelly set, he played about 45 seconds of every song, and then he just it was weird because he would just abruptly end it. It wasn't like he'd rap it and kind of like flow into it or go into another song. Like he'd do 45 seconds of song and abruptly end it and then talk to the crowd for five minutes, and then who's been yeah. with me since the beginning and then 45 seconds of a song and then abruptly stop and i'm just like maybe he was tired or something because i i that that people used to like hide um like i i was at i don't want to talk about now well, whatever it happened um so maestro fresh west like in 2010 maybe or something like that was at the cbc and i was covering it um and uh, he was he did let your backbone slide, and his mic men were um, Shad and Chaos, and um, it was because he couldn't do it anymore because it's really hard to like get the yeah. cadence right, especially if you if you get the cadence right and you get the 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 vocals right and the the flow right and the lyrics right. It's a pretty hard song to do when you're like however old he was at the time, 45 or something like that. I could yeah. do it. I'm just going to say it for the record, but 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 this, if you're out of practice though. And I've been I've been on a, an Olympian schedule over the last like since the pandemic started. I uh, I do an hour a day of either writing or uh or rhyming out loud. Like I live in the middle of nowhere. So I can just walk out of my house, walk like 10 yards. My family doesn't hear me anymore and I can be as loud as I fucking want and That's nobody awesome. hears me. Or if someone does, it's some teenager, some some hick teenager fucking like 2 miles away that hears the echo and all of a sudden 
I become the godfather of his hip hop journey. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, but like, uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a hard thing to do when you when uh, like. That that's the thing that we were talking about Eminem on on your uh, podcast earlier, and about how he's like um, he's an interesting sort of enigma, not just because of his content, but because he the things that he's doing as a fifty year old is like oh that's interesting he's as old as hip hop itself, um, but the thing that he does as a fifty year old he couldn't do or didn't do when he was in his twenties. And I find that remarkable because when, when I was young, um, and I guess probably when you were young too, rappers had a shelf life that was not dissimilar to like uh, great basketball players that played until they were like 38. And then they're, they're not rappers anymore. Like, and I think it was, I, I don't know what it was. It was probably something record executives told them that they wouldn't be able to you know, maintain an audience. But I don't know. I, I think uh, Generation X consumes a lot of hip hop still, uh, from what I understand. <laughs> you know, like there's a bunch of us out there that you're an older millennial, I think. But like, yeah. you know, Generation X, we, you know, we were there when it kind of like exploded and it, it's part of our culture. Yeah, it's true. And I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you, but I am on the older millennial side. I think like by two or three years or whatever, the, yeah. it, it, I don't know, depending who you talk to, the age changes. But, you yeah, know, I grew up in, in the thick of hip hop as well. So like you were there for like the pioneers, you know what I mean? Like the one when it really blew up in the, in the 80s and going to the 90s. I came in sort of the late 90s, like the first album. I knew hip hop. Like the first album I ever owned was Naughty by Nature. That was with the OP, with OPP and Ghetto Bastards. Tretch is one it. of the illest MCs of all time. Yeah, so that yeah. was that was one of my first introductions to hip hop. Um, didn't realize, you know, and again, but even Naughty, as much as I love Naughty by Nature, and that was my first introduction to me, that was still some of that old school. It could be a little corny, you know, like when you listen, then like I, old thought, I, did, I hear what you're saying in regards to the music, the instrumentals, but yeah. Tretch as a standalone MC, yes, no, even, phenomenal. Oh, yes. just crazy! Like if no, he was a crazy. solo artist back then, I think like he probably. Well, whatever they had, a, yeah. they had pretty good success, you know, not even yeah. nature, but like I, yeah. I'm more thrown in the instrumentals. The instrumentals was more, right. and then you know the da 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 da. You know, it's like it sounded like you're about to go do 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 do. It was almost like which that. is probably a Jay Z song or something, probably. But you, know, yeah. but you know, so you start going through it, and but I know what you're talking about the shelf life and how they kind of transition, and I, I don't know how you felt, but LL changed right in the in the say Dude. early early 2000s and. When he put out, you know, he puts out that track with J-Lo and then he did that one song, and I forget what it's called, and he's under the waterfall and he's flexing and he's doing this. And I just remember thinking like, what the fuck Going happened? back to Cali. Yeah, Cali. what the no, listen, what? Th there was, there, LL had a really weird career, okay? So like when I'm Bad came out, I, I, I got, actually got bigger and deafer before I got radio. Radio was his debut album. When I, I got bigger and deafer, when I first heard I'm Bad, yeah. I still think it's dope. Like it's one of those songs that survived the um, curse of sounding dated way in the future. There's parts of it that sound dated. The video is certainly dated. It's fucking absurd, right? But, but like, but the song itself, like, is is kind of crazy. Like, like if you if you read the lyrics, you're like, ain't nobody right now that is even touching songs like that. Because have you ever looked at like the lyric sheet of of certain artists, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, shit! Like twenty five times, and then like, yeah. It, they, they, come on, man! Like, I, I, you know, it's not even the same genre, really, right? Like, like, 
No, and we and we talked about that in my show that that LL was one of the guys who really changed hip hop for for the better, right? The shorter songs, yeah. the cleaner lyrics, the um, he was a storyteller too. He was. Like, Woke and his message was one afternoon realized I was in the world of cartoons. He yeah. man told me he beat me up because he thought that I looked like a Donald Duck. Like, and then, and like, then I hung out with Spider Man, and he's talking about the honeymooners, and he's like, and he just did all these TVs. Like, he did concepts. He was a yeah. concept guy first. Ice Cube. Wait, did hold on, a lot hold on. Sorry, oh, I wanted sorry, to give you the, the the career kind of trajectory of LL. So, the, so he put out those two albums, and then he put out Walking with a Panther. And we, and we, I think we, I think that was the one that Mama said knock you out was on and stuff. And, and we thought that was dope. And then something happened and he went really like, not R&B, but like for us, like raw villains of like white kids rebelling in the suburbs and hanging out with black kids and everyone thinks that we're badasses. Blah, blah, blah. We didn't really dig R&B music, right? Like that wasn't, it wasn't our thing. And we were like, what's going on? Like, is it, you know? And we weren't savvy enough marketing wise, and we and, and if we were, we didn't like it. We were we were our backpacks were on tight, you know, and yeah. so a bunch of us started to hate on L, right? And 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 I kind of had a lukewarm like I just I was like I like his old stuff, I like his old stuff, and then we went to see Gangstar at um, Much Music in like 1994 or something. It was when Moment of Truth came out, and um, I remember that everyone. Um, Oh, so so Premier is talking, and he's talking about artists that he's worked with, and he says LL Cool J's name, and they booed. They booed oh. Cool J in this, and 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 Cool J, and sorry, and Guru and Premier, and I'm like five feet away, right? And Guru and Premier look at each other, and they're like, and they just start, they smile and they shake their heads, kind of thing. And Premier's uh, Primo's like. Don't sleep on LL. Don't sleep on LL. And the crowd still booed. Right now they're booing their favorite producer just for saying LL's name in a positive light. So I, there's something that happened. Like the heads were kind of like, well, f you know, I can't fuck with LL anymore. You know, like he's really he disappointed a lot of people. Like, well, he did because he went from that pure hip hop lyricist. He went from that pure, and he again the storyteller. Um, similar to, to Ice Cube, who doesn't get a lot of credit for being a storyteller. Oh, yeah. Ice um, Cube's one of the greatest West Coast writers of all time. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and I think people always think of him as, you know, like no Vaseline and that kind of thing, but he's a fucking... Like, if you listen to, the, you know, The Kill Night in Will. the Ghetto... Kill It Will is one of the greatest written yeah. albums by anybody, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't really go to the crate that much, like, um, for, to, for that kind of stuff. Like, I remember when NWA came out, you know, like I was, we had our hands all over that shit, my friends and I, like we, we, you know, we sought out that stuff. You know, I was thinking about it the other day about how um, hip hop touched every single aspect of my culture growing up. And I credit that to being a, a white kid in the suburbs because uh, we are like the first or second generation um and you would be like, you know, you, you would be around that third, I guess. And if you take a generation as like 25 years or something like that, who like, we didn't really have a culture. Like I'm Italian and I'm Dutch, right? Yeah. There wasn't any Italian or Dutch shit going on in my house. Right. So, but in my parents' house, there was an Italian shit going on in my dad's and Dutch shit going on in my mom's. And it just, for whatever reason, wasn't passed down. I don't know why, it just wasn't. So our culture became the shit that we did. We were like inventing our, our culture as we went along kind of thing. And hip-hop seemed to touch all of it. Um, I was telling someone the other day that I, I got into politics because of Do the Right Thing. That movie was like, 
the greatest movie I'd ever seen and really made me kind of like angry at first. And then it made me think and all that kind of stuff. Like, why the fuck did Mookie throw the goddamn garbage can through the window? It was a dilemma. I was like 13. I was like, I didn't understand any of it. So my introduction to politics was racial politics. And then the bed, obviously the soundtrack for that is public enemies fight the power. Yeah. And so it touched everything. And I was a Michael Jordan guy. I used to wear flight suits or whatever. And even though Michael Jordan actually hates rap music, the brand itself was a total hip hop brand, right? Like it was just the way it was. And then the music and then the writing and then it just like, it touched everything. And like, it touched the food that I ate, the fashion, like it just, you know, and, and I had, and I was building my own culture because I didn't get any passed down to me. And and I think and that's what happened. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I did have culture passed out of my household, but I, and it may have been again. You're probably I don't even want to say the generation before me. You're just like the age. I'm group ten years older than you, so you might as well say it. Well, you're like the age group before me. You know what I mean? You're like the, I don't call it a generation, and you guys kind of laid down that piece because by the time I got to say high school, the culture that you we had there and the people you hung out with was all based on the music that you listened to. Really you had the, yeah. you had the hip hop crew, you had the punk rockers, you had the metalhead goths, you had the beboppers, you know, like and people dressed to the music that they listened to, they talked like the music they listened to, uh, it, and it was all the culture, like our culture that, that I was ingrained in. I was just, and I'm like you, I ate up the hip hop culture, you know, and a little bit of yeah. that spread out to a little bit of reggae and that type of thing, you know. What I mean, it, it came in. I'm like you, I wasn't an R and B guy. Um, hated when I when when hip hoppers went in, or when guys like Ja Rule, who to me was a was an R and B guy to the to the soul, who tried to come into the rap game, you know. And you had he's all another guy I never really got down with. Like I never. No, know, I hate Ja Rule. Yeah. Well, because because he's an R and B guy who tried to become a rapper, right? Because he looked like Tupac, yeah. and Def Jam thought they could sell him as Tupac. Right? Didn't like his music. Like it's weird though, because like I know that I know a good songwriting. I, I was gonna say sounds like, but I I really want to say looks like because like because you can't actually look at a song on paper and tell if it's a good song by words and um you know if the, the music and obviously and like the, and the structure of where the chorus is or if there's a bridge or if there isn't or if it's one long verse and a fucking thing at the end like you can just tell and um a lot of them had well written songs but like you know I just wasn't like I never really understood um, Lil Wayne. I never understood why people thought. And the weird thing about him was, is that at f I, I think his first couple albums are absolute garbage. I really do. And and so I I, I wrote him off immediately. And then Carter, someone's like, you have to listen to Carter three. And I was like, okay. And I did. And I was like, and I walked away going, okay, I, I can see the skill now. I still don't really like it, but I can at least now I can see where people are coming from when they like him as an artist there's a lot of cats like that so if, if you're like a nelly well not if you're a nelly fan if you're a nelly fan you just don't you just don't know shit but um <laughs> if you're a ja Rule fan actually same answer <laughs> yeah kidding. yeah no it's the same answer you know it's funny because uh i've talked about little wayne before and i've made this comparison i always said that little wayne is the neil young of the rap world he's a guy who really doesn't have any talent but people just love him <laughs> <laughs> like you know like, like that's, yeah, so that's, that's always because neil young i listen to neil young sing and i'm like i just don't understand well I, li I like some of neil young's music so it's hard for me to like I, but i get the okay. joke like i i don't know who yeah. i would like i would use getty lee you know like like yeah. not as a bass player as a bass player apparently is really good but like as yeah. a singer i don't get why people like getty lee uh you know i i don't understand why 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 a uh cat 
trapped in a trash compactor sound would actually be appealing to anybody. But so I don't. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Did you ever get into any of the like Lauren Hills or Missy Elliott's or any of the, the female rappers? I think Lauren Hill is, um, if, if someone put a gun to my head, I'd put her in my top five. Um, and the reason why is because um, I, there is no artist that exists that can rap and sing as good as that individual can. And um, if I were to build a super group, for example, I would, she would be on it. You know, <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind that, that she would be there. But, um, but I remember listening to MC Light, like when she was putting out yeah. new shit in the late 80s kind of thing or early 90s and stuff. Um, and uh, even Queen Latifah had good shit back in the late 80s and early 90s. Like there is like it was interesting because it was uh, it was certainly a sexist culture and you're at a sexist age in a sexist era, early 90s kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, you, you I'm not going to say that you, you don't know, but and I don't mean like to the ext- extreme, but there were songs that were like clearly very rapey. You know, and and very yeah. like uh, misogynistic and beat up girls and stuff, and it was funny because I remember listening to the shit, but never thinking to myself, "What a great idea!" Like, or 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 being that way. Plus, I really wanted to have sex, and I know that being mean to girls wasn't really wasn't really a way to like go about dating, right? Like, so, it, so you know, but I get it. I I, I but I don't um, I don't go back to that kind of music, right? And so. Yeah. I forget what the question what were we even talking about. The female hip hop scene. Oh, female hip hop, yeah. Um so yeah, so the but yeah, Lauren Hill is, is is dope. I understand behind the scenes. Um she's had a lot go on in her life and uh, I think it's obviously impacted the trajectory of her career and the uh the amount of music that she's put out and everything. But yeah, she's I, I'd pick her over almost any rapper. Like I like you know, it's interesting. Like I, that's why I don't like ranking. Like how do you how do you say um yes to lauren hill but no to nas or vice versa like how no, do you do it, that it, you know? it's true and then you look at pioneers like i think missy elliott's one of the pioneers in, in female hip-hop you know what i mean like because she never really converted right she stayed her sort of herself right and, and she, where little Dude, Kim, she was the best rapper in fuji's yeah she was I, better than wyclef she was better than the guy yeah. that no one knows or remembers his name like me right now yeah i'm the same you know but like so Little Kim, I liked when she came out, and then she got very R and B ish. You know what I mean? Like she moved away from from the rap game, and then she's doing shit with other people. Uh, I was a big Foxy Brown fan. You know what I mean? I'm a big Foxy Brown fan. So. I was a big Foxy. I was a big Foxy Brown fan. <laughs> I, 
I thought she was like the hottest like thing of all time. Like there is like she kind of was. She was one. She kind of was. But there's like a weird science. If you're a hip hop guy, there's a weird science um, approach to like what's the hottest thing you can think of in a woman. And for me, as a as a as a MC, I I would say that um, a girl that can rhyme her ass off and obviously looks really fly would be kind of ideal. Like, but but then I would imagine living with someone just as like punchy when we're busting balls is me and i don't know if i'd like it or not. <laughs> there's only there's only so much of that people can take but um but yeah you know and uh and in this country uh missy me you know she was like the yeah. mc light of canada um and that's going back a while and uh yeah i don't know like there's there's a lot of good rappers uh, that are a lot of female rappers that are that are dope that um, really get steered into the pop side of things and the you know the sexy pop stuff and um, it's it's kind of unfortunate because I I think that they would probably really nail like like Christine um, not Christina Aguilera who am I thinking of um, I always forget their names which is <laughs> probably not it's not sexism I just forget their names but you know all all of the um, uh, like who's the one with the big giant bum and the big fingernails all the time, and she's like, no. not J Lo. No, 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 no. Yeah, like I'm, I'm talking like that. Still puts out stuff. Oh, see, this is bad. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Anaconda. Oh, uh, she's retired now. Um, is she retired? Yeah. Um, oh fuck. Yeah, no, yeah, because she's having she's got having kids and she wants to take care of her kids. She she did uh Bang Bang with Ariana Grande. She's for fuck's sakes. Uh, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Minaj. That's right. That's right. So okay, there are some, I I've heard some tracks from Nicki Minaj. I I don't think that they're uh, hits. Although, what do I know? Because I don't really pay attention to what's hits nowadays. But I'm just like. The flow that she displays sometimes is relentless and is really fucking nice. It, it, the lyrics are just some of that. Uh, some of it is crackerjacky, but some of her shit is fucking dope. So she she can nail all three that you need to nail: the cadence, the flow, and the lyrics. But she's so heavily steered into pop that I don't think that people understand that she's probably 100. a really amazing artist. You know, like, I my wife. I told my wife um way before anaconda came out i think it was starship one was one of her big hits and i told my wife if this woman had a producer or came out 10 years earlier when hip-hop was still a thing i said they could have like she could have been the missy elliott of her time like they could have kept her on the track of rap because i love her flow i think she can rap great but you're right it's all popified right it's all popified i think i know the solution and i'm not even kidding so I had classified on last week and he just did an album called retrospective. He just did a tour and it was funny. Cause I asked him, I'm like, why didn't you book any big cities? Like there was like one semi big city. It was like fucking, I think it was Regina was the biggest city. And it was all these other enclaves, which is fine. I wasn't like, I was just confused by it. And uh, cause he's a big enough artist to, to, to do well. And I, uh, it was because he didn't know how hip hop people would take to him doing an acoustic performance. And I was like, I thought that was crazy because when I was in the early 2000s, I was part of a collective of people that were in all sorts of music. It was electronic music and hip hop um, was mainly those two, but there were some rock and roll guys in there too. And, you know, it created a lot of fusion. And I, my, 
act for the year that I did live shows um, was uh, a, a dude playing guitar, uh, my Jamaican friend Shane Forrest, Jamaican of Syrian descent, which is interesting, um, and and me. And I we would both be sitting down and he'd be playing the guitar and I'd be rhyming. And we did we did pretty good in the sense that like the shows always had a really good amount of people or whatever. And uh, we put out, uh, we didn't even put it out, but we had one album, whatever. It, we, we weren't really pursuing record deals and all that kind of stuff. We were just doing it, but it, we did it fairly well. And he was nervous that, that, that they wouldn't know how to receive it. Um, and I think he found out when he sold out all of his things and then his album is being nominated for all these awards that, that especially older millennials and generation X guys that grew up listening to like different types of stuff really kind of like that shit. And I think that you can reset these people that brand themselves as like sex icons, like Nicki Minaj, Cardi B or whoever. And you can turn them into um, like you can reinvent them. And the mechanism is an unplugged show where they where they sit down and they show you that they're not just rappers that can shake their shit and everything, but they're MCs. And and they and the craft is something that's important to them. And I, I really think it's underutilized because we're all so into the like the, the glossy, you know I don't even know what to call it. Like I don't know the adjectives to use anymore. Like I thought they they reached the pinnacle like in uh Christina Aguilera days with like, you know, <laughs> with how far they went promoting her as a sex object. But Dirty It's like everybody now. <laughs> except for Lord. But, but she's I, probably done that too now. I don't know. You know. Like, but I, I totally agree with you because, and I was looking at the chat and people were saying Cardi B, and I agree. I think Cardi B is a very talented lyricist. I kind of like super intelligent. But... No, but I think she's <laughs> I used to a... drug guys and rob them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she's a, a talented lyricist. I kind of like that combination with her her Hispanic background that that and the accent that seeps into the rapping. Um, yeah, I like I, her. I like her annoying voice. I've always liked the annoying voices, like Rosie yeah. Perez. I've always loved her voice. So, I think that she. I think that she could be very good. But you're right. They. They. It's this new. It's weird because a lot of the male rappers today have no personality. They come out monotone. Um, you know, yeah. it's every song again. And I was saying this on my podcast. I always swore to God I would never be my dad. Right? Who's like, oh, this fucking music today. Back in my day. But I listen, my kids are all into it. And some of it's good. Don't get me wrong. Like there's some there's some good music that comes out today. But I was listening with my daughter one day and I didn't realize the song changed. You know what I mean? I, I looked at it and I'm like, this is a long song, eh? And she's like, Dad, this is a new song. I didn't even realize the song had changed because it sounded that's exactly Th that's the same. That's so funny. It's so awful, right? Yeah. yeah and I, and it, it's, yeah. So it, it's for me, it was, you know, I had really had a, Oh my god, I'm a dad moment at that at that <laughs> when we were listening. To That's it, like, not what that is. I, well, eh, maybe, but I mean, I yeah, I can understand being an adult in like 1990 and being like, oh, what is this? You know, because it, it to them it was completely foreign, right? Like, but now it's um. But when you grew up with it, and you know what good rapping sounds like. It's it's yeah. It's, it, it, there's a lot of. Like it's just like ah, it's like everything. Everything sounds like CNC Music Factory, but the 2022 version or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> That's actually. But I want to go back to your acoustic thing because you make a good point, and you actually brought that up on my podcast, and I'm going to turn it around and, and bring it back to here. You know, we talked about we were talking about Eminem, and you were saying like you'd love to just see Eminem on stage with like a guitar player and a piano player and just go oh, yeah. from an acoustic. Yeah. Just to, because it's always the music that's front and center um, for most people. I'm the opposite. I, I want the lyrics to be good. 
you know, there are talented singers. Like opera, obviously, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. So it's the melody that obviously I listen to more than anything else if I were to listen to opera. Um, and I do, funny enough, on occasion when I want to reset my brain after my kids or my wife do something that makes me crazy. Um, <laughs> so, but but it's like the, the um, um, I lost track of my own thoughts. See how I, I put myself over the cliff? Uh, what were we just talking about? You have to do it again. I'm seeing now. You're into the lyrics. You're into the lyrics. It's not, you know, we were talking about Eminem doing acoustic yeah. stuff. So seeing a performance from like, it, it could be crazy. Like a dream lineup would be like Rakim and Eminem and Nas and, uh, you know, fucking Lauren Hill and all these amazing writing Kendrick and J. Cole and whatever. And direct, no, no, not him. And, and just get them all, um, you know, on a stage, uh, you know, one by one or whatever, or two at a time and have them just sit on a, and rhyme on a couch on bar stools. Cause they'll still rhyme. Like where you're like, Holy fuck, look at him go. But, there isn't all of the bells and whistles around the thing that I hold closest to my heart when I think of hip hop, which is the lyricism. And uh, I, I, I think, you know, and, and, you know, Hamilton, stuff like that, the play that came, that's kind of in the same universe, I think. And I think like a sit down audience watching people rap, I think there's a whole universe out there that is yet to be discovered, or at least a whole bunch of different, uh, you know, planets that you can place in that universe because it, you know it's it's i i love it I, and and it's it's like acapella you know it's like the appeal of acapella are the words in the poetry and if you add decent behind you music on it so it's not overpowering everything then i like it i, I i'm a hip-hop head but live hip-hop honestly like 75 percent of it fucking sucks hip-hop is tough to pull off live because a lot of rappers don't have good mic control when they move around. Um, they get tired a little bit. That's why they have mic men to, to hit the, the line on the kick, or at least that's the way it was back in the day. Um, and, you know, the performance is hard to appreciate in places like an arena if you're not, and even if you are, but if you're not really close to the stage. Um, and in little clubs, the you know the shouting and the mic stuff is just hard unless your system is perfectly equalized or whatever right like yeah. so i'm i'm not a fan of live hip hop uh, most of the time so i think it was probably 2004 i saw the baby blue crew um which was it was basically wu tang with redman uh fuck and somebody else right but that was basically what it was and then you know minus a couple guys here and there and as I told you, like method, it, it, I know I, I'm the same as you. I don't like saying I have an all time favorite. Yeah. But if you were to put a gun in my head and say you can only listen to one artist the rest of your life, for me, it would be Method Man. I love Method Man. Like it's just, he's so unique in his delivery and his, it's, I just, I love, I, I love Method Man. And I have never been as impressed at a live show as I was watching Method Man live. Like it's really, he does he didn't run out of breath. Like he just like he and they had hype men on the stage, but I'm he could have went without hype men. Like that's what I'll say. Where Redman, who we know is the energetic guy, was exhausted a song and a half in. You could see oh, it. Yeah. Like he, he was burning out of the weed. It has to be. It has to be. But so it's funny. I was reading something um a couple weeks ago. I was reading it um and it was ranking like the top uh fifty, you know, hip rappers of all time or groups. It was all about hip hop, right? And, is that the Rolling Stone one? No, it wasn't the Rolling Stone. Oh. It was like some off-brand one. 
But yeah. I laughed so hard because Method Man was listed three times. So Wu-Tang was number three. The combination of Method Man and Red Man were like number eight or like number nine. And then Method Man was by himself at number 12. And I was that's, like, he just listed him funny. three times on the top 50 list. It's I, that, 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 that's hilarious. That means that someone's a big fan. But um, oh, list challenges. That's what it is. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the website list challenges. People actually vote. That's how it goes up and down oh, really? the, the row. Yeah. yeah. See, it's too many. When it's many, that's see, that's that's a perfect example. Why I don't like it. Like, like who are these jokers voting for? Does some, one of these rappers have probably like some boilerproof up boiler room operation of bot processings, whatever? Like, you know, and it's just too it's too subjective. But you know what? Though, that, if I did, if I listed the top ten, I'm on it right now. I bet you. That I agree. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, it's very commercial. So number one, yeah. Tupac. Number two, Ice okay. Cube. Uh, you're already you already lost me. Number three, Notorious B.I.G. See, number, I, I I don't put either of those rappers. Their significance in the culture is to me totally different from their catalog. Um, I agree. Big, especially Biggies, like you know. I agree. They're, they're, again, that's why I said it's very commercial. Wu-Tang's up there. I, as you know, I totally agree with that. I love Wu-Tang. Yeah. N.W.A. is there. Um, yeah, see, that's another one. Like, their catalog is what? Two albums? You know, like, yeah. really, do you count it after Ice Cube leaves, really? No, you can't. <laughs> you know? uh, they got Nas at number six. No, yeah, number six. See, who's ahead of Nas? Give me the five, top five. That, uh, so it's Tupac. And it's, it's N.W.A. and Ice Cube. So he's got two spots. Wu-Tang, uh, and then Tupac and Biggie. See, so, so isn't that hilarious in a way? Because th this is why I hate it. Because first of all, Wu-Tang is a collection of like a dozen artists. And then yeah. it's Nas. <laughs> so you're like, I know Capadonna isn't even 10% Nas. So it's like, yeah. how do you fucking like, you know, how do you even do that? So so it's weird to me. Um, the yeah, I, I hate it. I fucking hate it so much, the ranking thing. Like, I would rank, like, best West Coast top five, best East Coast top five, because my top five would be all East Coast. <laughs> so it'd be difficult. So like, I, I wanted to ask you that, because you were you were ingrained in the hip-hop culture, and I got into rap right, like, at the tail end of this. You know what I mean? Like, I think that yeah. when I started buying albums, like, I bought Puff Daddy all in the family when I'll be missing you came on it. So the East Coast-West Coast war, right? Again, I missed... <laughs> No, I'm saying no. I missed a lot of the East Coast West Coast War, right? Like there was just it was ending yeah. as I came into it. Did that influence who you listened to? Did you get wrapped up in it? Because I know guys who are a few years older than me that were totally. I know guys who won't listen to Tupac still. I know guys who won't listen to Big. Like they won't listen to Tupac, Dre. They won't listen to any of the West Coast guys. And I know guys that'll only listen to these. Did you get wrapped up into the East Coast West Coast stuff? I I, I sort of did, uh, but the re it was different for me because. Uh, that happened like I was already 10 years deep, right? Like I wasn't. And so my tastes were clearly East coast, like, like anyways. Right. Okay. Um, there was, uh, I probably showed, uh, some immaturity or something like in like night, you know, when I was still in high school where I spent like a little bit of time using offhanded remarks, like fuck West coast music. Like I probably did that like a bunch of times. But that went away pretty quickly. Like, like as soon as I graduated high school, probably like I never thought well before that, I, I you know, like I, I don't know how many years or even if it was years, but I quickly learned that that was stupid because um, because I remember thinking at the time, like, but I don't want to stop liking NWA. Like, why would I do that? That that seems like a really stupid thing to do. I actually like Snoop Dogg. Um, I like, you know, <laughs> I like Dre. I, this doesn't make any sense to me. 
I didn't like too short and I didn't like stuff yeah. like that. Like I thought that that was lame. And, um, but yeah. And then I snapped out of that really quickly because there's a lot of good West coast shit, right? Like it's, you know, but, but to have like NWA, uh, you know, on a, in a top five and Nas like number six and like, you know, a method man on lists three times and stuff. It just seems too weird to me. If you take everyone as a solo artist, you, you can't do Wu Tang as a group against a solo artist. They have to be a group. And as a group, they're certainly the best hip hop group. I think of all time, I would put Gangstar probably number two. If I had to make a list, you know, I would put like NWA probably three or four. Um, you know, you, you can't put like Fuji public enemy Oh, public enemy would probably be like my number two. Now that I think of it, but you know, Booking Up Productions would be there. It's just the way, like, I'm programmed. I can't, uh, you know, I, I can't rank anymore. It's It seems weird to me. Like, the gun to my head would be Nas, largely yeah. because uh, he had a song where he was he was the gun called I Gave You Power. <laughs> right? Like, he's a dope lyricist. Uh, and, you know, you have, to, you have to give him respect. Illmatic is largely considered the best hip-hop album of all time. And I happen to believe that's the correct assumption because it, it from top to bottom, and you had the, the significance of when it came out. Like, you know, was it 91, 92, whatever it was, yeah. when it came out, was like, once you got your copy, you were like, you, it was like a movie. You, you put your headphones on, your Walkman or whatever the fuck you had, and you lie down, and I just listened to it, and I probably listened to it like seven or eight times. It was a fucking movie. He painted he painted a picture, and I had never heard someone do that, the way that he did it with the style and delivery, and the way that he painted the picture was like nothing I'd ever heard. Like there were Rakims of the world, and they were like other storytellers, but um, you know, Nas was a first of his kind, and I don't know if he's ever been duplicated. Isn't that crazy? That's all the best ones are. They're just totally standalone talented rappers right yeah I, I totally agree because it is and i think that and again and i put in the way you talk about Nas is the way i can talk about method man right like because that's that's my guy and everybody's going to have their arguments here and there and i respect them both right so we i don't even want to have an argument about it right but yeah. it, it's it's taste for me it's method man's voice like there's just it, it, the uniqueness yeah. of method man just has always spoke to me um but yeah it's 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 weird though because you have those guys who stand alone you can't touch and i think i think math is one of them Nas is one of them i think eminem's one of them you know what i mean there's never going to be another eminem there's going to be funny people always talking about eminem because we like like it, we're almost programmed to to understand that there's there's, there's a lot of eminem critics out there so we yeah. want, like i do this all the time i want to be able to like okay well, no, no 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 like i preamble everything when i talk about eminem but yeah. straight up um he uh, uh, let's do let's do instead of best rappers let's do characteristics of a rapper and who's the best at those things um he's clearly the best writer of all time yeah it, it is not even close I, the volume the, the amount the, his catalog is so big the, the amount of rhymes that that man has written that are not just like abundant but just the quality of them and the structure behind them are just insane um did you the, ever the, hear did yeah, you ever hear the a the Akon story about Eminem? I think and I just heard it the other day as I watched a compilation of rappers talk about him. But go ahead. I probably watched the same compilation the other day. Probably. So um yeah, so Akon was talking about how Eminem made him look at the business differently, and they were they were doing a track together, and Akon shows up at like 3 p.m. and Eminem's already there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they start laying on the track, and at five o'clock, Eminem's like, Okay, I'm going home. I'll yeah, see you tomorrow. 
he yeah. literally goes to the studio nine to five, takes his lunch at his hour lunch at one o'clock and then comes back and five o'clock. He packs it up. Like he treats rap. Like it's his job. And I, I love that. That was so funny. I was like, that's, uh, and that's I, an think, I, I think he must. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. 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 I just think like, like if anybody's going to do that, it was probably going to be Eminem. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. But then it make to me, it makes sense like that. He would do that because it's probably the only way that you can maintain a skill level because um, it's, you know, it's not like singing. It really isn't. It's not like singing for a bunch of reasons. One is, um, you know, it's, it's more, uh, unless you're like a punk rocker or something or death metal guy or whatever, it's probably a lot more tiring. Just the vocal part alone. I'm not saying rockers don't like walk around and Mick Jagger, the fuck out of everything sometimes, but like, but just on its own, it's really hard to do. But the way that like you have to also pay really close attention to the lyrics. Like if you're an aging rocker, you can get by with other people writing the fucking songs for you. And like, you know, and, and you do, and not that ghostwriting doesn't exist, but to a large extent, it, it doesn't exist for a lot of the great ones. And it's tough to maintain. It's like exercising. And if you don't write rhymes and rap um, consistently, uh, you, you start to lose your skill level. It starts to deplete the writing and the rhyming. And that's why you don't see, a ton of Rakim shows because he's not probably well. Maybe Rakim is a bad example, but you know what I'm saying. Like the, there's Big Daddy Kane. He's pro- I don't think he's done shit in a long time. And, and and but if he maintained, he'd probably still be really dope. So Eminem might be the first one that I can think of. Jay Z's probably actually in this category as well. As yeah. guys when they were like in their 40s and wrecking shit more than the young guys were as far as skill level goes and i think that's just a testament to their hard work right like no i i totally agree and then there's some guys out there that you just wonder like what if like mace is always a guy to me it's because he just gave it up right like he's just you don't like you don't (laughs) like mace not particularly no oh i I thought he was one of those monotone guys like I Again, just never liked this so what you'll learn, what you'll start to see a trend with me is voice has a lot to do with my, with my, who hits my, I like to listen. And Mace again is one of those voices that just resonate. Really? That surprises me. Yeah. me. That surprises me a little bit. Yeah. I'm a big voice guy. Cause I find a lot of rappers can sound the same from a, from a voice sound. And they might be different yeah. lyricists and how they flow, but their voices sound the same. And I always found like Mace um he almost he was almost like the 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 originator of mumble rap you know what i mean what, what they have today which is just you're, you're not you're not selling it you're not no selling. no 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 <laughs> but you know what i mean like it, just the way the way he like, he had no punctuation on his words like everything kind of just mumbled off like he would be yeah. rapping normal and kind of mumble so off. you I don't know. like that though i don't know but there's something about his voice that always captured my attention the same like method man like there's better rappers than method man i can say that you know what i mean i think he's great but there's better rappers you know, than method different man. rappers come on ray start the revolution <laughs> but come but on, when come you, on this you, walk with me where we don't rank anything go ahead sorry no no what i'm saying there's there's better rappers but when you for me when you combine how well he can rap with the voice that's why method that's why method man sits on the, that's why method's the top of my list right for me right. because that's how it feel like if I had to it would be uh, Mac 10 was another guy. I loved his voice. You know what I mean? Guru like, was like that for me. Guru. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Guru from gangsta. Like, I mean, and his songs again, yeah. like he, he was a pretty good writer though. Like he, he, he you know, like X girl to next girl, I think is one of the, one of the great, like, like, uh, what would you call that? Like a love tragedy song, I guess, or something like that. Breakup yeah. song, whatever. Um, you know, and, uh, but you know, he's also paired up with 
the greatest golden era producer hands down of all time which is dj premiere so it's it, it's 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 probably uh guru probably owed a lot to premiere but also you know like he went and did his own thing with jasmine taz a lot of like real hip-hop heads didn't like jasmine taz but a lot of the grittier heads didn't like it because they felt that uh guru kind of phoned in the lyrics um and to a certain extent they were they were telling the truth there but also he just wanted to have a different experience right like like he was he was working with like winton marsalis and like donald bird and all these amazing fucking jazz artists so he wanted i think the instruments to be front and center but i know what you mean like he had a song called it's mostly the voice um you know so yeah, i know exactly what you mean there's a, there's a few unique cats like that like uh yeah go ahead. 50 um i'm actually not the biggest 50 cent fan you know like i'm really not but i love his voice you know what i mean like, i like watching 50 cent interviews more than i like listening to his music He's a he's a smart cat. He really is for a guy. Who I love I the street level kind of intelligence that he applies to like to business and media. You know, yeah. like I like that. Well, and again, and see, that's the thing. Like, and I know when I bring up, I don't even know what his name is now, but I'll I'll call him Puff Daddy. When I bring him up to people, especially real hip hop heads, I get the eye rolls, right? But I'm not talking about. I just stop myself. <laughs> no, but I'm not talking about Puff Daddy, the the rapper or producer or or whatever, but. You know, Puff was really one of the first guys from the hip hop culture to turn it into a, a billion dollar business. You know what I mean? Like the, the Sean John line and all this and that, and and understood where to make it. And a lot of guys, second. he was the second. Russell sorry, Simmons second. was the first. Sorry, yes, Russell Simmons yeah. was number one. I'm not a big Russell Simmons fan, so I never. I'm not a big Puff. Def Jam, fan you got a hand of it. I mean, Public Enemy, Run DMC, and LL Cool J is a pretty good fucking lineup. You know? No, it is, yeah. but it's it's. You know, so, but it's, I always respected Puff Daddy because he, he made money from the hip hop culture. You know what I mean? Like he was a guy that was like, I'm not just going to be here for my shitty rhymes and surrounding myself with, with big names, like, like, you know, uh, Biggie. He's like, I'm going to make money off of this as well. So I always had a respect level for him. Well, also once he got Pac out of the way, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> nothing to do with it. <laughs> it, it. It's so funny. Like. Actually, there's a good uh, series about that, um, and it's from the perspective of the detective who was like, who had other problems and stuff. But it's a I, I, I can't remember how many episodes it is, but it, it's a really interesting series because um, it does take a lot of the stuff that did happen in real life and kind of make you wonder. Um, you know, there, there's a uh, yeah, it's a weird like I I think the person I hate most in hip hop history is probably Suge Knight. Well, yeah. <laughs> like honestly like like i know that he could beat me up right beat you <laughs> up he'll, let's, he'll let's hang get you the from mystery a window. out of the way i'm pretty sure shug shug Knight could beat me up even to this day even if he's in his fake wheelchair as he if cries you, if you want to hear the greatest story in the world uh listen to Van vanilla ice telling the story of of shug Knight hanging him over a, a railing over at a hotel it's the greatest he said story it wasn't in the world. true i thought no he came out and talked about it he oh, said dude. he yeah, you know, he told the story. It's it's one of the greatest stories that I've ever heard. And then he had to give him like a million dollars or something, didn't he? Or something, or rights to song. I can't remember what it was, but just yeah, yeah. it's. You know what? The here, here, here's the thing. Um, and this is interesting actually because th there were hardly any white rappers back then. There was like three or four, right? Yeah. And they were like Everlast. Everlast was like doing his thing with Ice T's Rhyme Syndicate in like 1987, I think. Um, that yeah. song. Uh, uh fuck everyone do you remember that song yeah and the and the rhythm talking about the rhythm the rhythm the rhythm and, and anyways <laughs> it, it, it's kind of cheesy now it doesn't really stand the test of time 
Um, there are some good lyrics in Fuck Everyone. Um, I got Tipper Gore protesting my lyrics. Fuck that bitch. I don't need a clearance. See, that sounded like a good lyric to me at the time, but I wouldn't say that anymore, right? Like, it's an interesting thing. But then there was just like MC Search, um, who I liked in third base, but then on a personal level, we did this business thing once, and I, I don't like him at all um, oh. as, a, as a human being. But, but he's, uh, he ripped me off five grand. Uh, he, was rap, he was a rep at a liquor company, and I, I approached him to get a sponsorship. It was supposed to be a $10,000 cash sponsorship for this thing in Miami. And uh, sorry, he gave me 5000 And I thought it was like, oh, wow, I got 5000 to put towards my event or whatever. And then I found out three months later at my event that the the, the rep the, this other rep comes up to me like so we uh you know you can you did a lot for the 10 grand we gave you i was like you fucking motherfucker fucking bastard took my fucking like like and he probably got like a bonus on their end actually no probably not they're giving money away so he's probably but he's making his salary yeah. he just took my money you know like i don't know you know he's he yeah he was an asshole um and then uh and who are the other white rappers um then it's like vanilla ice right and then and then if you're a white rapper like me, <laughs> you had to live in that black hole between Vanilla Ice and Eminem, right? Because everyone made fun of white rappers after that. But well, here's the thing. Especially when House of Pain got big. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and there were a few exceptions, obviously. But the, the, uh, the whole uh, Vanilla Ice thing, what people may not realize is that when Ice Ice Baby came out, the ghetto was rocking that song. They were playing that song. They were remixing the fuck out of that song and playing it on all these underground radio stations um, like before it really hit the radio and after it blew up. And then when like uh, the media and the crowd at large found out that he was white, and people started to get turned off a little bit. It was just the kids that really kind of liked him. And then the, yep. the hip-hop heads t- <laughs> took their hands off them. But make no mistake, there's hip-hop heads that are like, die in the wool, backpack on as tight as possible until your arms are blue. Purists that were like bumping Ice Ice Baby to remixes and loving the fuck out of it before he became whack or whatever. So, um, and, and then, I, he, I, then, I he started, then he started recording metal albums when he was in his like 40s. Yeah. Yeah, I only like that one song, actually. I didn't like anything else he put out. I hated when he danced. I hated his hair. Um, and I, and I, you know, I became a hater rather quickly because I was a white rapper and I fucking just, oh, oh, the, that guy's going to rap? Well, oh, hey, Vanilla Ice, you're going to rap? Like, I have heard that a thousand times. Like, and it, it's really, it was a hard life. Probably he was made in, you a better writer. You know? He was in Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, <laughs> did you like Scarface? The fucking I... Running Man with the turtles. He go did. Turtles, go turtles, go. Right. Did Did you like Scarface? I did. Yeah, I did. So he he's a guy that I, I don't, don't know his album. Like I don't know his track listings yeah. by heart and everything. But like, yeah, I like his voice too. He's got another one of those voices. He does know. again, and and that's and again, you're starting to see the trend. It's just the guys with the unique voices. Even the women, like again, I'm a big Missy Elliott fan. You know what I mean? It's a very unique voice, right? Yeah. That 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 comes out, and you know, um, I, I would also argue that Lauren Hill had a, had a unique voice as well. So I was a big Lauren Hill fan. So it's a uh, we should do uh, we should do something like this more often um, because I uh, I know a lot of guys that like live in areas where they don't really have anyone to talk to talking about, about all their friends are like have me but dude the people that I know here are country music and rock and by the way I I loved alternative music growing up I loved Nirvana and I loved all that shit as well so I wasn't just like exclusive but yeah um, I know you got a hard out but um, 
Yeah, have Thank me back. You so I'd much love to come talk. Short notice as well. Love to come talk more hip hop and rap with you. We we only scratched the start. We talked very mainstream. We can get a little bit deeper the next. Oh, time. dude, we can go. We can go places, Ray. We can do this. We can do it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Ray, Thanks, Ray. who's got next podcast? I appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks very much. Thanks, buddy. Take it easy. That was fun, guys. That was fun. I I hate when a guest cancels and I can't fill a slot. That's why you guys see like. Oh, no block ball tonight it's like monday or tuesday sometimes i'll be like i'll put out the promo at like 6 30 and then like quarter to eight it's like oh yeah i can't uh, yeah i have this dinner and it's always by the way the names that aren't that big go figure the smaller the name the more the cancellation uh i guess which is a sort of sign of unprofessionalism Tomorrow's the triumphant return of Casual Fridays. I will be on edibles. I will not be on mushrooms. And, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do, but I I think what I'm going to do is shrooms once a month. I'll do my reset, my shrooms reset on a casual Friday once a month. So look out for that, brain cells. <laughs> And then that's it. Um, Sam G's going to be on next week, Monday or Tuesday. And we'll see you tomorrow on Casual Friday. We'll see you next time on Black Ball. Thanks. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. He had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.